after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch She said it's her vegan haircut <laughs> Is she vegan? She was for like three weeks Three long Dang. horrible weeks and They finally was... talked her back into vegetarianism Which is fine Yeah, Vegetarianism is a fine choice for a five-year-old veganism is an insane choice for a five-year-old because no cheese exactly like they live on eggs and cheese how are we supposed to do this i flipped out this weekend about uh my brother's friend they're raising their kid vegan Mm. and i was like that's gonna be a two-year-old without any cheese my brother was like that's fine what's wrong with you and i was like it's not fine in my head (laughs) it's very difficult i mean if you want to put the effort in as a parent to like figure out the chemistry and make sure they're getting the right nutrients and then do those things and then force them to eat them and all that i'm already exhausted exactly (laughs) that's i was i tried i gave it a good shot but anyway the nice thing about five-year-olds is that their reasons are very mm, refutable (laughs) she was just like i don't want to hurt any animals i'm like oh that's great well guess what these cows are making the milk and the eggs are or the chickens are making the eggs no matter what we're not hurting them that's happening all by itself no one's dying for these eggs Uh, so we will just buy it from farms that we know treat the animals well and then nobody's getting hurt she's like oh okay and i'm like that's all we had to say why'd we do this for a month (laughs) (laughs) children Mm -hmm. it was honey that cracked her and she found out she couldn't have honey oh mm-hmm. it's all that that sweetness mm-hmm. sweets will get you in the end they do especially and honey's so fucking good honey's the best honey can make any crappy black tea taste good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have you ever had like real honey like from a farmer's market or mm-hmm. somewhere where it's Still like dripping in the car yeah it yeah. was like close to some type of flower and it it tastes different. You can like mm-hmm. taste the flowers in it and it's nutty to me. Like it's so crazy. I fucking love it. The part of Australia I lived in just like Texas. It's a big honey mm-hmm. area and they also traditionally eat honeycomb as a candy. Like they dry oh. it out. And it's just. I feel like I've had honeycomb. It's not the world's greatest thing, but it's like one of their like kind of baseline. Oh, that's a kind of candy. It's also a great cereal. Mm hmm authentic um, but the honeycombs always taste more of of the actual plants of the actual whatever yeah, yeah. It, it's like it gets the flavor gets preserved better in that or something oh cool yeah well well yeah <laughs> <laughs> wake up everybody oh that ted bundy movie I haven't watched it yet. Did me you neither. watch it? I did watch it. I had to watch Dead to Me because it's the greatest t- television show I've ever seen. I I want to watch that, that really bad. Oh too. my god, we should do an entire. Let's not record. Let's just get together for four hours. Okay. And talk about that show when you guys have watched it. Okay. It's so good. Yeah, I want to watch that really bad. But I did Ted watch Bundy. the Ted Bundy mm. movie. What's that about? It is. It's about <laughs> Ted Bundy. <laughs> um, it. It was weird. I heard, I've, I feel like I'm seeing, I haven't seen anybody come out and be like, it's so good. I've seen like, we need to make clear that <laughs> Ted Bundy is a bad dude. Yeah. And like, they didn't show him killing anybody or really doing no. anything bad, right? Right. What? Yeah. They, 
How do you make a movie about Ted Bundy and not make him seem pretty evil? There's like 10 seconds. And the name of it is like extremely evil and vile. Well, because the judge says that to him. Right. But but yeah, there's like 10 seconds of actual violence. Um, And then, yeah, it's mostly just his story and then the story of this girl, longtime girlfriend Mm -hmm. he had. um, And then the other girlfriend who was just obsessed with him. Not the one with the kid. Not the one with the kid. The one with the kid is like your first focus. And then the second focus is the one that was obsessed with him that he married in the trial. In prison. Yeah. Mm. I mean, both. Yeah. She's played by Effie from Skins. So I I was very into that. Love (laughs) Effie. Did you see she's in a new movie? Uh, Like fucking (laughs) alligators attacking the world movie or Florida. John sent me the trailer and it's Florida gets a hurricane and it unleashes it like floods the whole state and there are giant killer alligators I love and it. Effie's in it. And I'm awesome. In. I mean, so I'm it's not too. like a Sharknado thing. I don't think I didn't like see any. Hur- yeah, I didn't see any flying, but it's definitely okay. a possibility. Yeah. Attack of the alligators. But no, I didn't see the Ted Bundy thing yet. I'm kind of pissed. Like, I don't know if I want to watch it. I I thought that trailer, I said it, I was like, that trailer seemed really creepy and, like, Ted Bundy's so cool. Yeah, it does come off that way. Mm. Um, And then they try to, like, fix it at the end. It's weird. It's a really okay. weird movie. Okay. Well, I definitely, no. Well, I got to watch it. Yeah. You need to watch it, but it's also like, what am I watching? Mm-hmm. It was weird. Is it just a? It's like a feature length movie, or is mm-hmm. it a miniseries? Okay. On Netflix, though. I mean, John Malkovich is in it. Yeah, I saw that as the judge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, and they're keeping Haley him Joel employed. Haley Joel Osment is in it. Awesome. Huh. I mean, that is good. They're keeping him employed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, they're really keeping Ali Wong employed. Have you guys seen the Tuca and Birdie show yet? Mm-mm. Is she pregnant again? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know. Like, they're giving her other things to do now that Amy Schumer stole that bit. Uh, what? Yeah, she Amy Schumer's latest. Yeah. 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 Uh, special. Which wasn't that good. Yeah, it's not her best work. No. But then again, her best work is being interviewed by Ellen. Honestly, I, every time she's on Ellen, it's amazing. And oh, then I expect. I've never seen her on Ellen. She, she, there's something there. It's just like it brings out the best in Amy Schumer. Probably because Ellen owns her. <gasps> you and your New Ellen. theory. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This whole podcast started with us. <laughs> the very first with episode. Calling it out. Calling down, down Ellen. Calling We've got down one mission Ellen. in life. Mm. Well, uh, I'm Karina Magyar. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Lisa Friedrich. This is Weird Brunch. I had no idea we started recording. It's, it's I been, assume yeah, we did because we've all been talking into the microphone. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, as soon I as can. I see Whitney go to the mic, I'm like, okay, okay, it's on. Now, now's the time. It's on. Uh, I just see a microphone. And I start talking into it just mm-hmm. in case, in mm-hmm. case anyone's listening. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Is this live right now? <laughs> Are you my redemption? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I need you. <laughs> so, back in Russia. The there motherland. Was, there was, yes. This doesn't sound cute yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really not cute, but I think it is. This scientist, this biologist named Ilya Ivanov, uh, was... 
doing some biology stuff in the 1900s, late 1890s, early 1900s. And he basically invented artificial insemination. And what he did with this technology was breed better horses. I feel like somewhere at some time, someone's been like, imagine the guy who invented that. (laughs) Well, here you go. Uh, He didn't totally invent it all by himself. He wasn't the first person to think of jerking off a horse. But he (laughs) was the first person to use like Darwinian principles to figure out how to best do it. And like scientifically test to see like can you improve a breed and like okay. kind of prove that it's worthwhile. Okay. And it obviously revolutionized horse breeding, and we're still like that's how all horses are bred today, more or less. Um, but he also kind of discovered that uh, Darwin's theories could be proven using artificial insemination to say mash a zebra and a donkey together and get whatever a zonkey a zonkey. <laughs> A Z donk. Debra. <laughs> no, it's that literally. Oh, yeah, that Debra's out on the lawn again. <laughs> she leaves the screen door open every time. <laughs> it's literally called a Z donk. And that, I think that's, that's uh, what they came up with. almost as bad. Yeah. Uh, and he also did um, a European bison with a cow, and he called it a Zubron, which doesn't what? really work, but maybe it has something to do with Russian. Uh, and various combinations of rats, mice, guinea pigs, and rabbits, basically proving that, like, because they hadn't had DNA testing yet. Mm-hmm. So they were like, Darwin's observations or Darwinian observations about species and how closely they're related can be proven by whether or not you can crossbreed them. Right. And this was extremely valuable and great science. And uh, he was very celebrated for it. And then uh, Russia. Uh, had had some problems, had some moments. What mm-hmm. year is this again? This or was the 1890s, 1900s. Okay. And then, uh, you know, World War One came and went mm-hmm. and Russia sort of did their whole revolution and then everything mm-hmm. was different. Uh, so in the 19, early 1920s, the Bolsheviks and Lenin had taken over and they... Uh, were sort of anti-science. I don't know how to put it. Like, they were definitely all about being in charge, not about, like, funding great research or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this time, in 1926, they sent him to Africa to continue his research on the Russian dime. The only person who was allowed to leave the country that year, oh, much damn. less to go, like, Sounds lonely. do scientific research or whatever. And uh, so they send him there and he goes to Paris first to like get situated for his trip. And he gets the support of the directors of the Pasteur Institute and the promise of access to their chimps because he's going to do some research on primates. Mm-hmm. Um, Monkeys and humans. And they're like, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yep, yep. And then, okay. <laughs> and then they were like, well, hey, we're France. We have some colonies. Why don't you go to our thing in Guinea in French West Africa? West Africa, we got this whole primate center where we just capture chimps. Now that we're not allowed to capture anybody else, and you can go <laughs> experiment on those. And he was like, "Cool, cool, cool, cool." And he went down there, and all the chimps were too young; they uh, they couldn't get it up yet. They were too baby. So he's like, "Oh man, I gotta wait like a whole year for these chimps to like have their Reach balls drop." Sexual maturity, right? Wait, he's gonna inseminate a 
human woman? He's going to jack off some chimps. No, he was just going to do uh, ape-chimp hybrids, like, along the lines of his research. Oh. Just to see, like, what ape Chapes. species are closest. I was like, closest. Some, some woman had chimp sperm in her? So then they, he I went back. I bet that has happened. <laughs> I guarantee that's happened. So he goes Oof. back to Paris to hang out while he's waiting for uh, that to happen. And also kind of research ways to catch his own chimps, like maybe some older ones. And also ones. doesn't want to go back to Russia. While he's there, <laughs> he meets this guy named Serge Voronoff, who invented an increasingly fashionable rejuvenation therapy. Think basically 1920s goop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what he was doing was he was grafting slices of ape testicles onto the ball sacks of rich men <laughs> oh who wanted God. to regain their former vigor. It's basically oh. like the blood transfusions that like tech entrepreneurs do now, you know, thinking that that'll help them be young. And oh, yeah. I heard oh. something about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he was like, well, that's fascinating. Um, Directly and, onto the ball. Okay, yeah. Okay, just good. slices of skin. Yeah. And they... testicle skin and just gr- grafting it right onto your nuts. And that was supposed to help you. Like it was their Viagra right. theory, you know. Um, and he's like, well. You know, according to Darwin, chimps are the closest related to humans. So this is actually a pretty good idea. So what he and uh, Voronoff did that summer while he was waiting for chimps to get older was they took a dead woman's ovary mm-hmm. and put it Just in the one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's singular for some reason and put it into a chimp named Nora and then they inseminated her with human sperm. So human sperm, human ovary, so okay. human eggs, but just like in a chimp in body. In a chimp, okay. Thinking, well, this could be a start. Yeah. Yeah, right? Uh, so the press is all over this because they're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like an ape-human hybrid idea. Was it possible? What was going to happen? Um so in November, he goes down to Guinea, catches some chimps with his new chimp catching skills. It's just a net. And then... Uh, ins- it's a banana. <laughs> it's a banana and a very large net. Yeah. And then uh, inseminates three of them with human sperm. It doesn't say whose. Okay, but those ones didn't have a human ovary. They were no, just this sperm. was just This was just man spunk in a um, chimp. In obviously, a chimp it's his, right? Yeah. I would guess, yeah. Um so my children anyway imagine jerking off knowing it's going into a chimp <laughs> that's probably why he wanted to do it so bad it's the only way he that's his come. thing yep 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 uh so the nora thing was a failure uh no babies grew inside of nora and then all three of the uh human inseminated chimps didn't work and it was like oh failed experiment right mm-hmm. nope not for our <laughs> ivanov so <laughs> He uh, is disappointed, but he ca- he caught twenty chimps, and he was like, "Well, what am I going to do with these?" It's a big banana. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he takes them back to the Soviet Republic of Abkhazia, which is like a the very southern tip of their reach on the Black Sea, kind of near Afghanistan and all that. It's the, right around mm, the ball sack. Got of, it. Yeah, you got it. Yes. Um. So his idea was he'd take them back there, and try to find some Soviet women who were willing to carry half ape babies in the interests of science. So For I money? was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason he had to go all the way to Abkhazia is <laughs> because... I mean, I, I hope it's for money. He made inquiries in France and everybody was like, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Correction. Absolutely. Absolutely no. No. Uh, he found five women volunteers in the Soviet Union, which tells you a lot about the Soviet Union at the time. Um 
And uh, the problem was they didn't really do so well in Abkhazia, the chimps. Like he was like, well, it's hot there, but that's not the same as like Africa. Yeah. So they all died except for one orangutan who was 26 years old and his name, he was literally named, this is not a joke, Tarzan. Oh. Yeah. Uh, And then Tarzan uh, was the donor for these five women. So. An orangutan? An orangutan. Good God. Who is not, but at the time they thought that was a form of chimpanzee. Right. You know? But it is like the smartest one in Planet of the Apes. So if we're going off of that. That's so true. You're right. Dr. Zaius. Tarzan (laughs) Zaius. Anyway. uh, That didn't work. The... His jizz didn't take, and then he died of a brain tumor. Oh, I'm sad about that. Uh, and then in 1930, he got more chimps, thinking, okay, I've got the women. Let's try it with the chimpanzee. Had the women. Uh, but at that time, the Soviet Union was like, you know what? We changed our mind about being cool. Uh, you're going to Siberia. And they sent him to Kazakhstan, and he died there in Siberia in one of Stalin's purges. Because Lenin was gone by that time. So the question is, what the fuck? Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why was the Soviet Union not only, like, funding this, but actually, like, taking him away from the obviously useful and lucrative practices of crossbreeding for, like, farm and stock Mm -hmm, animals and putting him into this ape chimp thing? So a lot of people thought, well, yeah, obviously he's trying, they're trying to, like, breed a super army. Right. Of, like, ape people. Mm-hmm. No, oh. no, not at all. It was because, and you got to remember, this was exactly the same time as the Scopes monkey trial in America. Mm-hmm. Like the whole theory, the Darwinian theory of ch- chimps and men being closely related was like literally the world's debate at that time. That's yeah. all anybody could talk about. Mm-hmm. And the Soviet Union wanted to prove yes, and there is no God and there is no religion and everybody should be communists and Soviets with us. And so they oh. were literally using this as a religious argument against evolution or for evolution and mm-hmm. against creationism, and Kentuckyism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then they also thought <laughs> they were trying to do something called positive eugenics. Oh, yeah. Uh, trying to speed up the spread of desirable traits and get yeah. rid of primitive traits because the only way people really wanted to be communists is if they were, you know. Hot. docile and in into the idea of communal yeah. living and didn't think too hard mm. right got it yeah hot and dumb i thought they were just trying to make everybody look good and they also thought that that would make Soviets and they would make people want to come strong. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly uh which is weirdly the same plot as the most recent predator movie but anyway the mm. <laughs> uh that was why they funded him. And then Stalin just kind of like changed his mind and said, uh, that's all ridiculous. The way to rule is just by killing everyone. And I'm going to do that instead. So they killed him. And uh, that was the end of those experiments. And to this day, that's the last time anybody's tried because since then we figured out that that would not work. Right. We're not that closely related. You don't mm-hmm. even need the women to try it. Right. Closest <laughs> living don't species try doesn't it. equal close. Like, right. it's still a far part away. But yeah, thanks to him, we now know how to breed a lot of animals. Mm. And someone made a liger. Mm-hmm. Someone I was made a just liger. waiting for eugenics to come into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was that. Wow. Yeah. 
So, little island of Dr. Moreau action. I feel bad for those monkeys. I know. That's the worst part. I know. I feel the worst for the... Well, I guess they use dead ones, but probably not in the 1920s, where they're slicing the testicles off and grafting it on the old rich guys. Yeah. That, that's the one that got yeah, me yeah. for some reason. Because it's probably somebody that like doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And they were paying a lot of money because it's a bunch of old rich guys. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that that was a craze. That seems so like... That's crazy. Modern. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if I heard Peter Thiel did that. You know what I mean? Or Who's Jack Peter Dorsey Thiel? or something. Like any of these people. tech bazillionaire oh, okay. oh. libertarian like, uh, types yeah. who like want to start their own. I- yeah. Bezos would probably just go ahead and replace the whole nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I get a new one every six weeks. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. It's probably shipped for free. Yeah. In one day. <laughs> <laughs> Laser beam style. Amazon double prime. Gross. Well, where do we go from there? Mine has to do with jeans as well. But what does yours have to do with? Not jeans. All right. Well, do you want to go? Yeah. Okay, go for it. All right. So let's talk about the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. Spooky. Whitney's That's California? I've been there. Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, that kind of Eureka. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So in... 1886, it opened as a resort for the rich and famous, and that was a bust. Um, Now, it is the most haunted place in America, Um, but real quick timeline. So, 1886, it opens, and then it fails, and in 1908, it reopens as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women, shut it down in 1924. In 1930, it was a junior college. In 1934, the college closed and they started leasing it as a summer hotel. And in 1937, a new owner named Norman G. Baker turned it into a hospital and health resort, which we will talk about later. Um, In 1940, the uh, hotel and hospital was shut down. Um, in 1946, it was purchased by four buyers, and in 1967, the hotel was nearly burned to the ground, and the only living owner at the time was one of the four, Dwight Nichols. That doesn't matter. Uh, in 1997, Marty and Elise Ronick, R-O-E-N-I-G-K. <laughs> G-K? Mm-hmm. That's un unlegal. Yeah. <laughs> unlegal. Yeah. Um, they purchased it for one point three million dollars and oversaw a six year restoration and renovation of the hotel rooms. Uh, Marty died in a car crash in two thousand nine and Elise remains the hotel's current owner. So why are these people dying? Why did it burn down? It's uh said to be the most haunted hotel in America and uh my guess is that it's cursed, and that's why all these people are dealing with all these terrible things. Mm-hmm. It is in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. Just filled with bad people. It looks beautiful. That's the mm-hmm. state motto of Arkansas. Yep. <laughs> it's beautiful, Just but we all suck. Bad people. <laughs> um, Not necessarily bad all the time. 
So the haunting started, um, it's said that after the skeleton frame of the hotel had been constructed in the 1880s, one of the Irish stonemasons plunged to his death in what is now room 218. Ooh. Ooh, I like when there's a room number involved. Yeah. Uh, This room proves to be the most spiritually active room in the hotel. Mm -hmm. Guests have witnessed hands coming out of the bathroom mirror, cries of a falling man in the ceiling, the door opening and then slamming shut, unable to be opened again. Mm-hmm. In the hotel's... The digits add up to 11. What? Mm. 218. 11 is a bad number in hotels. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. It's just a thing. Huh. I don't know. My friends always told me that 11 is a bad number in a hotel. I thought 13 or 14. Well, yeah, they don't do the 13th floor Yeah. for, for that. I had never heard 11, but... Well, it could have just been high school kids making shit up. Hmm. But I always believed it. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, in the hotel's crystal dining room, many employees have encountered playful spirits in Victorian dress. One holiday season, while the dining room was closed, the grand Christmas tree and packages underneath moved from one end of the room to the other. What? What the fuck? How? Come on. I think we all know how, guys. By ghosts? By like ghosts. Mischievous ghosts? Was the pile of packages different or was it perfectly undisturbed? Well, the next morning, the employees found the tree and packages moved with chairs circling and facing the newly placed holiday symbol. So there were certain wow. chairs. Wait, so it. no one was there to see it move? They were just like, it's here at night. We all go to bed. It's there in the morning. Yeah. That's how spooky stuff happens. It's also called a know. Christmas miracle. <laughs> Baby Jesus. Sounds did like it. Yeah. child mischief. To Sounds me. like Santa. Child mischief. Child um, mischief. Yes. Incredibly strong tree moving yes. child mischief. Another time employees returned. I- in the morning to find the dining room in perfect order except for menus scattered throughout the room. Uh, A waitress looked into a huge mirror between the doors of the dining room to the kitchen and saw a man and woman in Victorian garb facing each other as if they were in a wedding. The groom turned and made eye contact with the waitress and the couple faded away. The waitress quit. It's very shining Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. Another commonly reported paranormal activity is a man in victorian clothing sitting at a table near the window saying i saw the most beautiful woman here last night and i'm waiting for her to return Ooh, Ooh. spooky horny (laughs) yes he a real thirsty ghost yeah (laughs) uh (laughs) many have recounted seeing apparitions in victorian ball attire dancing around the room during the wee hours of the morning while the room was closed and dark so let's go back to Norman G. Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that Norman G. In- Norma G. Sorry. Also Norman Baker. Like Norman Bates. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. um, when I was reading this. So uh, he's the one that turned it into the hospital and health resort. He was also a radio personality, which I feel like I have to bring up because I'm dating one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he fancied himself a doctor. He had no medical experience. <laughs> Just like CJ. <laughs> no, that's a captain. <laughs> the captain. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so mad I said that. Uh, <laughs> So he had no medical experience. Uh, he claimed to find the cures for various ailments, including cancer. Wow. The big... What if he did? That's a pretty prominent <laughs> one if? to find a cure, too. Yeah. I mean, I think if you do, you do get to call yourself a doctor. 
Yeah. So he. So since he did, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cured cancer. I'm a doctor. So <laughs> um, he would attack organized medicine, which he accused of being corrupt and profit driven. It is. Yep. It is. But let's talk about Norman G. Baker. Well, so he, he could have some good points. Some snake oil bullshit. Uh, yeah. He was run out of Iowa for practicing medicine without a license. So then he moved his cancer patients to Arkansas and advertised his new health resort at the Crescent. His cure consisted primarily of drinking the area's natural spring water. Mm. This is 1930s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. 1936 is when you said he bought it. It's pretty yes, far for 37. the time. Okay. I think that was like the official diagnosis too. Like, here you need to go hang out in a hot tub. Yeah, like... Yeah. They didn't know for what to do with cancer. TV people, too, right? I feel like it was like, go to the mountains for fresh mountain mm-hmm. air. Yeah. Um, oh, there's that. Um, so, some of the ghosts that are happening from this era, uh, a nurse pushing a gurney residing in Dr. Baker's old morgue area is known to squeak and rattle down the halls of the hotel. Mm. A hotel maintenance man witnessed all of the washers and dryers mysteriously turned on in the middle of the night. The laundry room is located next to Dr. Baker's old morgue, which still contains his autopsy table and walk-in freezer. Ooh. <laughs> they haven't, you know, had a garage sale or anything? Nope. Okay. They're just keeping it in there. Okay. Uh, the table, like the walk-in freezer, I'm fine with. The table... Yeah. gross right grow i mean up. what if it's just like a regular table also why walk in i guess it has down? drains in it right autopsy tables usually have like a funnel i never thought about it but i guess so they yeah. do i think yeah. i guess anyways i'm getting you one for your birthday i, hope <laughs> I can't wait i can't wait to show it to you oh my um, god that's you so spill sweet. a lot is what i'm trying to say i do <laughs> i'm disgusting <laughs> Housekeepers report meeting Theodora in room 419. From Hill House? 19. No, I couldn't. No, I don't know. Theodora from The Haunting of Hill House, the lesbian psychic. I didn't. Um, probably. Yeah. That's definitely She's her. She's you want her to be. <laughs> I like um, her. She introduces herself as a cancer patient of Dr. Baker's. Mm. And vanishes after courtesies are verbally exchanged. She's also been known to ask for her room key. Mm. That part freaks me out. I don't that know is why. Creepy. Do you have my room key? Yeah. Oh, my Ooh, God. I freak that myself is, out. Yeah. yeah. It's out. really creepy. That's a good detail. Um, and some guests have claimed to see Baker himself dressed in a white suit and lavender shirt. Hot. Yes. You know, he's yeah. there as a man of leisure, mm-hmm. but also curing cancer. So sounds a little like the Dosecchi's guy. In mm-hmm. February of 2019, a lot. over 400 glass bottles have been discovered in the backyard of the hotel that date back from 1938 to 1940, when the building was used as Baker Hospital and Health Resort. Ooh, rager! 400 glass bottles is a lot, mm-hmm. and they were all buried out back. I assume. I mean, that's how they were drinking the potions, right? And wasn't, yeah. Yes. So a couple of the bottles that were found seemed to contain his cure for cancer. And according to a 1940s court case, the ingredients of the cure were revealed as being brown corn silk, red clover, ground up watermelon seeds, peppermint, glycerin, and carbolic acid. It sounds like master cleanse. It sounds like primitive lucky charms. Yes. So some of his patients were even injected with the concoction up to seven times per day. Okay, no. 
No. no. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. That's um, just an embolism waiting to happen. There were uh, 100%. Um, they also found 16 millimeter film reels uh, with one frame containing the words before Baker treatments. <gasps> Bah. And nothing but else? Nothing I guess else. it's just old and deteriorated. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, it's believed that more than 20 bottles contain tissue that could very well have been taken from Baker's patients. There was a picture of a guy holding up like what looked like a black tumor. Um, yeah. Awesome. The samples had been preserved in alcohol. So uh, just so everyone feels good about this Baker guy, um, <laughs> charges were filed against him. Yeah. But it was for mail fraud. Oh. And why? And he only spent four years in prison. What did he fraud through the mail? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. I did a lot of research on this one, <laughs> but not that much research on this one. <laughs> okay. No, fair enough. I'm just. When I was a kid, I remember finding like digging up old bottles in my grandma's backyard like down the hill her house was kind of on the top of a hill and um there was nothing below it and just back in like the 60s when my parents were kids they would just throw their empty coke bottles out so it makes like yeah yeah and they were naturally getting buried but they you know would be within like a foot or so and Haley and I used to dig up like old Coke bottles constantly. It's glass. Yeah. It, it kind of makes sense. So I wonder that. if everyone was just like, and just like throwing that shit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, They were like the excavation is all like, uh, I guess like six feet by like, I don't know. So smaller. Yards. Oh, okay. Um, were they digging a grave for, for a giant, for two giants. Um, Yes. Uh, no, this lady was uh, like tilling dirt to, to make an archery like gallery. Fun. And she found this bottle and then they found They found the hundreds of them. Maybe that's what, maybe they were the old archery gallery. And just shoot the bottles. Ooh. Yeah. Spooky. Or, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scary. So yeah, the haunted... Mm-hmm. The most haunted place in America just got a little bit more creepy with these bottles. That's true. That definitely doesn't help. Because there's also like 200 bottles inside with his with other shit of his that they've just right. like the table like just left there. Exactly. I mean, who knows what's in the fridge? Well, and they if kept it all this time like weirdos. Yeah. Like if I had moved in and whenever it got sold what in the 40s or 50s I yeah. would have just gotten rid of all of them what's the story with personally like mugshots basement there's like stuff down there they haven't moved that's haunted oh they haven't moved it i know the mm-hmm. haunting story mm-hmm. where it's the madam mm-hmm. and then there's a guy that sits at the top of the stairs right and Oof. then there's something in the basement there's something that in they the basement. haven't like moved well i think you at some point, your building becomes more famous for being haunted than being like a cool bar or, True. or a really nice hotel or whatever. But they won't let you down there. No, so they won't. They're not capitalizing on it very well. Well, but it probably keeps the ghost in there. Oh, right. I mean, the ghost in there. <laughs> I, don't think- I very much believe in ghosts <laughs> and that just came out. Uh no, I mean yeah, maybe it's like one of those like Ghostbuster style wall yeah. unit traps. 
Could well, now be. Now I want to go down there. I know, right? But they won't. I You've tried. tried? I mean, just for the creep factor of going down that staircase alone. Yeah. Yeah. Probably get pushed. <gasps> well, I think that's, they claim it's a liability thing. Well. But I mean, there's staircases and bars. Have you heard See? the story yeah. of like Bar someone else counting the money? Mm-hmm. Somebody was counting money, and then all of a sudden they heard somebody else counting the money. <gasps> oh, oh, no. That gave me the willies. Wow, you scared me. Oh, <laughs> I don't like it. Um, wow. And like a lot of a lot of crazy stuff happens down there. No, I've heard stories about walking on footsteps on the stair mm-hmm. while when nobody else is there, like at closing up time. And, yeah. 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 I didn't know mugshots is that haunted. All you have to oh, do yeah. is talk to one of the bartenders I will. and they'll tell you they everything. Love it. Yeah. They do love it. Yeah. Oh, hearing someone counting. Oh, oh that gives yeah. me Or it was goosebumps. something like the change was being stacked or like somebody was counting and then they went upstairs, they came back and the change was all stacked. Oh, that's so nice. That is nice. Right. Like such a they faced all the ones while you were gone. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, fucking sick. Thanks, exactly. bro. They sorted all the credit card slips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all checked. Well. Okay. Yeah. Ghosts and stuff. Well, I'm going to go back to. Ghosts and human experimentation. Yeah. Like fun with genealogy. Yeah, more experimentation. Yeah. So, um. I'm going to talk about this fun deformity called the Habsburg jaw. Uh, It's also known as the Habsburg lip and the Austrian lip. It is a, the Habsburg jaw is a physical condition and the actual medical term for it is mandibular prognathism. Mm-hmm. which means it's your lower jaw juts out and is also um, commonly paired with a very large, thick lower lip and on occasion a tongue that can also be abnormally large. So like... Oh, I know someone who has that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all your junk is hanging out at the bottom of your mouth and it sticks out real far. Why is far. John McCain on that search result? It's not cool. <laughs> it's just not cool. He's like top two rows of I the know. image results. I don't think I John McCain looks like that. No, no. It's, it's from Reddit. Okay. It's just someone being not cool. So the Habsburg jaw, um, they think it originated from a family of Polish royals. And mm-hmm. the first person they can confirm that had it was Maximilian the first who was a holy Roman empire who or emperor who ruled from 1486 to 1519 mm-hmm. um, there are lots of portraits of him and you can see his big old underbite and so normally that type of thing would be fucked away through like normal yes through eugenics no through just you know not boning your siblings or cousins unfortunately that's not what those polish people were doing back then so through generations of royals marrying each other and closing off gene pools the Habsburg jaw has gotten bigger and has spread to many, many places in Europe. 
Uh, the House of Habsburg was named after Habsburg Castle in Switzerland. And that's where people started calling it the Habsburg Jaw because so many of the people that were in that castle had that deformity. Um, Charles II is the last of the Spanish Habsburgs. Um, they said he was feeble-minded, mm-hmm. physically deformed, and it was all as a result of the fact that his gene pool was more like a little baby puddle and he didn't get anything good out of it. Yeah, Charles II was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was basically the inspiration for that, the the baby who's still breastfeeding in Game of Thrones. You oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was he was a mess. That's so gross. What happened to that kid? He's Game of Thrones. Didn't he, he, didn't Littlefinger kill him? Yeah. Oh yeah, he pushed him. He pushed down him the, down yeah. the hall, right? Mm-hmm. He flew. He oh, flew. Yeah. Uh-huh. Make him fly, mommy. Uh, sorry, that kid was the fucking worst. I'm glad he's dead. Uh, <laughs> so Charles the second, he's all fucked up. His ancestor Joanne of Castile, uh appears in his own family tree 14 separate times mm-hmm. because Damn, girl. their first and second cousins intermarried so heavily. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, in his parents, he was their son, great nephew, and first cousin. Oh, my God. <laughs> all at the same time. I don't even know. I don't even know what of, that would look like. It, it takes I a lot of work a lot. to get all those I need three a things. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta get the strings and the stuff going That's on. That's at least four instances of incest to create that nest yeah nest (laughs) gross um so his genetic makeup was more muddled than it would have been if his parents had actually been brother and sister because of all of the past inbreeding like karina said Mm -hmm. um his okay so charles ii's mandibular prognathism was so pronounced that he could not even chew his own food. The size of his tongue caused him to drool constantly. Mm-hmm. He also had mental issues and was considered to be um, slow. <laughs> That's a nice way to say it. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, we don't use the other word anymore. Nope. Uh he didn't learn to talk until he was four years old and couldn't walk until he was eight years old. Oh my God. Um, when he got to adulthood, his speech was so poor that he was just completely, you, no one could understand him. Nothing he said made any sense because he couldn't form words. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sterile. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he he uh, died at age 38 right before he turned 39 honestly that's longer than i would have thought mm -hmm. well when you're royal you get pampered enough to get new testicles sometimes well did you read his autopsy Mm -mm. it's one of the most famous autopsies of all time do you have it pulled up Mm -hmm. do it the physician stated his body did not contain a single drop of blood. His heart was the size of a peppercorn. His lungs corroded. His intestines rotten. He had a single testicle black as coal, and his head was full of water. Oh, my God. 
which I mean, I don't think all of that was literally true, but yeah, that was li- that, that was their medical description of what the fuck was wrong with him when he was dead. He was just he was a mess. Yeah, filled with. He's basically a sack gross. of organs. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, and he was also the the richest person in Europe when he was alive. Huh. I mean, I don't think he could have used it really. No, but theoretically. Um, so after he died, the war of the Spanish Spanish succession happened because he didn't have an heir and, Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't know what to do. So the war lasts for 13 years and, um, in the end they end up going with Philip V and he creates the house of bourbon and that ends the war. Who doesn't love bourbon? Um, yeah, so in modern times, the Habsburg jaw is like all over the place. And like Lisa said, and Karina and I were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, there's plenty of people out there that you can see that uh, really pronounced forward jaw with a big like bottom lip and kind of tongue, I guess. Um, they say that... The current ruler of Spain, King Juan Carlos I, is a descendant of the House of Habsburg, though he does represent the House of Bourbon as well. Um, he has the Habsburg jaw, but only a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty distant. Their main line has been gone for a yeah. long time. Um, but yeah, holy Roman empires, all these people all these other weirdos have that same gross jaw. Um, And it's fun to look up. It's also known as a lantern jaw. If you feel like looking at that, I don't really get why it's known as a lantern jaw. I mean, it makes your head look like a lantern. Yeah. Yeah. It says long, thin jaws giving a hollow appearance to the cheek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess. But yeah. That's my short little story about the Habsburg jaw. Yeah, that family, I mean, they basically were Europe for 300 years. Mm -hmm. And the reason they got to keep being Europe is because they did not make alliances. They were were very Lannister. I was about to say, (laughs) this is all very Lannister. Yeah, no, I mean, the Game of Thrones is just European history packaged into a, a tidy... Eight series, eight yeah, season series. Exactly. A tidy, small, digestible piece of fiction. <laughs> that was hard to say. Kind of fiction. But yeah, they they were a, a wreck, but they were very good at what they did, which was getting a throne and then not giving it up mm-hmm. at all, ever. I, I like just looking up images of the Habsburg. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they like got into the, I mean, the board, the Bourbon, the Bourbon, mm-hmm. you know, that's Louis the Fourteenth's line. Okay. So they got into that line. So that's why Louis the Sixteenth looks a little fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I Louis wonder. Louis the Sixteenth is the Marie Antoinette one. Yeah. He was the one that. And they, the Fourteenth is Man in the Iron Mask. Uh, Louis the Fourteenth is the Sun King. Yeah. The the one who built Versailles. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't see that movie. Man in the Iron Mask? No. You didn't see Man in the Iron Mask? I didn't see Man in the Iron oh, Mask. Oh, I've seen it. I was 
I th- honestly, I Disney thought it wasn't year. a real story. No, it's real. Huh. But what? Wait, it is a real story. Well, yeah. Who's? Hold on. Where his twin brother was in a. Well, I, don't I mean, it can't all be. I'm sure there's some dude out there who spent a billion years in an Iron Man. Another great John Malkovich movie. It's <laughs> keep them coming. Jeremy Irons. It's been a minute since I read my French King history, and I mean literally just a minute. But I don't remember. <laughs> Louis the Fourteenth bores me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Louis the Fourteenth and the French Revolution are the two most boring parts of French history, and they're what everybody learns. It's all the stuff that happens in between that's interesting. You mean uh, like locking your twin brother up in an iron mask? Yeah, I guess Whoa. that's not real. It's not real. I don't know. Candidates. It's sort of like a. It might be real. It's rumored, but they have like pick picks for who it could have been. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> for real. Throughout the ages. One of them is Charles II's son, even though he's sterile. Everyone. Oh, sterile. different Charles II, the English one. Never mind. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. Not the Habsburg no, one. No, everybody, nobody would have believed that one. Yeah. Eep. They're so hard to learn about the Habsburgs because they're like, because they were the kings of Austria-Hungary, the Holy Roman Empire, and Spain. The same person would be like Charles II of Spain and Charles IV of Austria and Emperor Maximilian mm-hmm. V. Like, that's the same person. They're like just taking different king names. What? And Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to keep it all straight. I like it because Lisa looks mad about it. <laughs> I like, am mad about it. It is mad. You. you mean one person would be the king of all three, but yes. he would just have three different names? Sometimes he'd be Charles, but it'd be the second over here and the fourth over there and the ninth here. But then usually the ho- you took a different Holy Roman Emperor name. Do you get to pick it? Is it like your drag name? It depends on you. Like, yeah, if you are a competent ruler, then yes. If you are Charles II, I don't think so. I think they gave him names and it depends on how old you were when you what was ascended. the name they gave charles the second i don't think he got to be did he get to be holy roman emperor i think so did he hold on man they were so messed up it's really hard to keep it all straight it's fascinating and a lot of important things happen but nobody studies it because it's just like so confusing all the countries are not really countries and Everything changes like every 20 years because there's a huge like Europe-wide war that like redraws all the boundaries. But mm-hmm. those motherfuckers are still in. It's always the Habsburgs who win. Yeah. In the end. Were they warring against themselves? No, they were usually warring against Russia, France, or England who were the three things that were reliably not Habsburg. But right. everything else just kind of became habsburg hmm. And even like the French and English and Russians would be like, let's not get involved. <laughs> Well, let's just take Do care whatever of ourselves. you want. And then every once in a while, they'd like start a war with them, kick their ass, get some land, and then like just leave it alone. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Because the, they were the only ones protecting Europe from the Muslims. Uh, like their empire was the buffer between Turkey and the Middle East and Europe. And they threw all that manpower down there in the Balkans. So mm-hmm. a bunch of inbreds. We're fighting. Well, not all of the... So there was the fucked up Habsburgs, but there were also like really good Habsburgs too. Like there was some pretty competent, strong, not deformed rulers. <laughs> okay. Who were doing like pretty cool things. That's where like you got Bohemia and Prague and all that. Their seat was in Prague. And like it was a flourishing, awesome place to be for a while. 
And it was ruled technically by Habsburgs, but they called themselves something else to distance themselves from the Spanish fuck ups Mm -hmm. and stuff. I I think it's so hard to remember all of the details. I believe everything you say. Yeah. So you could literally say anything right now. Have you seen Amadeus? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that emperor, Ferdinand, was he Frank or? Francis or Ferdinand, Franz Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that too. He was a Habsburg of some relation. Hmm. All these famous people. Yeah. They're all just monkey people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. And that's that's what you learn. Monkey people. Everyone's just monkey Oh my God, people. I hope no history majors listen to this podcast because they're going to just cringe at everything I just said. My... Th- barely remembered you remembered stuff that i've never learned so (laughs) congratulations (laughs) yeah you're teaching i would say the majority of us that's my be it holy as in with a few little holes that's my whole thing in life is just to misremember things other people didn't bother to learn and then and then tell it to us you sound like a fucking genius yeah yeah exactly but i don't know i know i have it wrong you do. Well, cool. I'm so tired. Wake up, man. I can't. I only got three hours of sleep last night. Fuck that. Why? Laundry. Oh, good Game reason. Of, Game of Thrones. Very mm-hmm. good reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my children. Being, okay. Being up until 10. Oh. Yeah. It's a trifecta. Mm-hmm. Well, what did we learn? Careful what you breed. Yeah. Does that work with you? Well, the cancer, didn't he breed like a cure? <laughs> sure. Careful yeah. what you mix. Okay. Careful what you put inside you. Well, that sounds racist. Careful what you put inside you is good. That's really good. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Wit. Or, or graft onto your skin. Yeah. That counts mm-hmm. as putting something inside mm-hmm, of you, mm-hmm, rich people. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Cool. I can't believe we have to say that to you. Fuck Ugh. rich people. <laughs> we'll never be there. All right. Well, thanks. Rate us, follow us on Facebook, blah. Yeah. In- in- Instagram. I just say in- Instagram. 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 At Weird Brunch. Bye-bye.